Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I have a special guest today, Amy Cavell. She's a coach. Hey. And hey, so glad um, God connected us, Amy. Um, there's no other way about it. You're a coach, motivational speaker. I love your bio. I mean, you've got such an interesting bio. You've been coaching for over 10 years within your teen and women ministries and as a certified life and wellness coach through the Health Coach Institution, Amy understands that lifelong changes are brought about when someone commits to combining their physical and spiritual health. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Um, a meal and event planning guru. Um, Amy enjoys creating new recipes and cooking for family and friends. So at her house, you're likely to get dinner and a show as she has a BFA in musical theater and still takes part in productions along with her three daughters. I love that. Um, you'll often find Amy working alongside her youth pastor husband, Jason, in Missouri, and she serves as a chaplain in her local community through Marketplace Chaplains. She also does coaching through a local Christian counseling center and a virtual functional functional medicine doctor. So, I mean, do you even have spare time, Amy? So, <laughs> but in her spare time, you'll find her with a camera in hand as she loves capturing joy-filled moments in her photography. So, Amy, I'm just so blessed and, and thankful that you know, um, you said yes to God so many years ago. I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about your background before we get into your book. So tell us about yourself, your faith, whatever you want to tell us, um, what your life was like before becoming who you are now. Yeah, well, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri with my mom and my dad and my younger brother, Dan. And um, we just grew up in South County, a nice suburb life. I did a lot of community theater from age nine till really I went into seminary. I was always in a production and my family did productions with me. So it was pretty cool to spend time as a family doing that. But it was interesting. My mom was raised Catholic. My dad was raised Baptist. And so they raised us Lutheran right in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So funny side note, I have been baptized three times. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's special. Yeah, once in my grandpa's kitchen sink with holy water from a priest. Oh, wow. And the second time it was when I was a Lutheran. And then when I was in college, I chose a believer's baptism and I was baptized in a hotel swimming pool owned by a Hindu who would watch our Baptist church (laughs) baptize people. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I was going to say you should write a book, but you already have. So (laughs) you should write another book. So it sounds like you grew up in a faith-filled family and uh, a lot of diversity there. Um Gosh, you went into the seminary. What what led you to go into the seminary? Well, it's really interesting. So my husband and I both met in hand-to-hand combat class in theater Mm-mm. at Missouri State University, like broadswords, like Lord of the Rings <laughs> style, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were doing all that. And I knew the moment I met Jason, his heart for the Lord was uh, like going to be doing stuff like he was going to be a pastor or something, but he didn't know it yet. And so we ended up doing our last musical together professionally at a Wichita theater company. It was like a dinner theater company Mm -hmm. and we were doing musical Grease and he was Eugene the Nerd and I was Jan, one of the pink ladies. 
And when we started working with the teens in the musical Grease, we both, I've always known that I wanted to go into youth ministry. And as a Lutheran, you can be a youth pastor, no problem as a woman. So I knew I was going to go that path, but God closed all the doors until I met Jason. And when Jason was like, Amy, I really feel moved to go to seminary. I'm like, go be a youth pastor after doing this musical. And I know your heart is ministry. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we dropped everything, my whole career that I went to school for. Um, and I was still getting job requests after uh, we went to seminary and I had to turn them down and just follow after the Lord. So uh, it was kind of an interesting time in our lives, but that's, we just, oh, I've always known that I wanted to do youth ministry. That is so amazing. And wow, it's very unusual. I've not heard a story like that before. And I'm thinking about like the platform that you have right now. Um, not that it's theater, but it, it is a platform um, where you are serving God. And how awesome is that? And he's still using your musical theater background. I mean, that's oh, yeah, I just got done doing a, a woman's retreat. The Lord led my heart to um, start doing women's retreats and creating them and bringing women of all different denominations together to create unity and community. Um, and that doesn't surprise me at all because of the way that he gave me so many different denominations in my life mm-hmm. and, um, and all ages of women. So the retreat went off with a hitch. I had 63 ladies there. I did not expect a retreat that big. Um, and it was so interesting getting to speak in front of them and share God's word with them. And it was like so natural because it's a new stage, but it was like I was born for the stage. And I don't mean that in a cocky way. It was just. Mm-hmm. You know, you do the things that light you up. That's what we tell people as life coaches. You got to find that thing that God's created you to do that lights you up and go do it because that you'll do so it well. True. That's right. And, you and that's your destiny. And, and, you know, sometimes we may have an idea of, um, okay, I'm supposed to do like, I'm supposed to be on the stage on Broadway, mm-hmm. but God, God will tweak those plans if we allow him to. Um, what is marketplace chaplains? What is that? Yeah. So Marketplace Chaplains, it's a part of a care team that gets the privilege to share God's love in the workplace. So I walk around like today I was a chaplain this morning at a wood mill in the middle of um, Farmington, Missouri area. And I also go to Rural King, which is like a Walmart for farmers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we love Rural King. I know. I know. The baby chicks are out right now. I love yeah. it. I love it. And we ask folks how they're doing and how we can care for them. And since they know that it's voluntary and confidential for employees and, you know, we're just there to love on them. I get so many personal special moments with people I would never get a chance to share Jesus with. And I'll be in the middle of Roll King in a soda aisle praying and having someone accept Jesus. And then the next minute I'm in a wood mill and I'm listening to someone struggle with their divorce. And I'm able just to listen and care for them right where they're at. And it is such a privilege. That is so awesome. We're all called to do that. And mm-hmm. I love that, that you're in Rural King. So, like, do you have to have permission from Rural King to do that? Or how does it that work? It actually hired us. So, Marketplace Chaplain is a hired business. Yeah, it's wow. a company that I work for. They found me. I was singing Oceans in church as a solo because I just came back from a cruise. And I was like, oh, no, I was supposed to sing solos this Sunday. And so, I literally picked Oceans because I was just on an ocean. Um <laughs> So ironic. And I'm sitting there singing it. And the guy who was in town trying to find local pastors and ministers to come work for Marketplace to be used in the different companies that were wanting to hire chaplains, he like walked up directly to me and was like, I saw the way that you love on the people in this church and the way that you carry yourself. And I need you on my team. And I wasn't even looking for a job. I was like, oh, okay. 
So uh, that's how I ended up being a marketplace chaplain. That is so awesome. I love, though, that I did not realize that, like, places like Rural King. And what's the other place you, you mentioned? Madison County Wood Products, but mm-hmm. even Chick-fil-A now. Um, Chick-fil-A, you'll have mom and pop shops, but then you'll also have these really big corporate companies that are having us come in. Um and serve their companies. It's amazing. So did you have to get trained or since you already went to seminary, you were trained? How does that work? They do intensive training. Um, you have to do, I can't remember how many hours, but you have to be, you have to go through all the training first. And it's nice because every month they continue to train you. So you meet once a month with the rest of the chaplains in your division. And like this month, we learned about compassion fatigue and how do we, how do we handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the week the month before that, it was suicidal prevention in wow. the workplace. And so we're, we are well prepared when we get on the workforce and we're on a team for Jesus, you know? That is so amazing. Okay. We, we have a very brief time before we have to segue, but what led you to becoming a wellness coach, knowing that your be- background is musical theater. So now you're a wellness coach as well. Right. It was actually my health journey. Um, I got really sick after my dad died and there was a lot of trauma uh, that kind of happened all at once. And when that happened, it, it kicked in my autoimmune response and I had an autoimmune condition I didn't know about until it got triggered. And through, through that, I met Dr. Emily Hecker through Enlightened Functional Medicine. And I was amazed at what, you know, taking care of yourself and staying in shape and doing all these things and taking care of our temples has such a big impact on um on our lives and how we can lead spiritually. So I got into that and I've been addicted ever since and just going to school for it so that I could really do a good job. Wow, you are a go-getter. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Finding great- Why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph when blam. Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Amy Cavell is a coach, motivational speaker. But wow, Amy, you're also a chaplain, marketplace chaplain, and... You're a musical theater. I mean, you do it all. You do it all. And you're a health coach. So um, before we get to your book, you know, you say you like creating new recipes. That's very interesting. So give us some examples of why you create new recipes and maybe what they are. Yeah. You know, while other people are reading like these really fancy books about like how to better themselves, I'm like reading cookbooks. Like I'm the kid who's like in the corner going, what's the next Maria Emmerich? you know, book and like studying on recipes because when I had to transition my eating habits after being really sick with an autoimmune condition and having to get rid of dairy and be gluten-free, I realized as a life coach, that is an emotional thing. And Mm -hmm. I realized I miss pizza, you know, Mm -hmm. I miss spaghetti. So like, how do you kind of navigate around that? And so I discovered that, you know, we can really take anything that we love and recreate it. And so like pizza cups is one of my favorite things that I created was you take a slice of uh, pepperoni and put it in a muffin tin 
Put a dash of your favorite spaghetti sauce, saute up mushrooms and onions and veggies, and then sprinkle it with, you know, whatever cheese you want, whether it's mozzarella or a dairy alternative cheese. And you stick it in the oven, you bake that, and they, they let them cool. They pop right out of the muffin tin, and it is like a bite of pizza. It is just the best thing. Wow, it sounds great. Okay, so you're all gluten-free now, right? Yeah, at this point, um, I, yeah, the dairy free, I would almost say for me personally, it's like, um, like, uh, not no dairy, but just low dairy. Um, because I have little kids at home. I have a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and an eight year old daughter. And Mm -hmm. so they, you know, they have opinions about what we eat. (laughs) I'm sure they do. (laughs) Uh, if they're anything like their mamas, they've got some thoughts. So, uh, you know, I have to cook for the whole family. So like for pizza cups, I usually use mozzarella or Parmesan because that's not as uh, heavy for me, but Mm -hmm. it works out okay. But for some people, they can't do it at all. So, right. Do you go ahead and plan your meals out or you just kind of wing it for the day? What do you do? Yes. So I love what I have is this calendar from Aldi's that has the Monday through Sunday on it and it's mm-hmm. a paper ripoff. And what I do is on Mondays, I sit down and I coordinate because you see healthy people schedule mm-hmm. period. And that means you're scheduling in your self care time. That means you're scheduling in your work. You're scheduling your play time with your kids. You're doing it all because that way you get it all. You know, you're correct. Um, Yes. And if you're not scheduling in your quiet time with God, it's going to slip away. And these are all things that I know are very important in order for me to be a well-rounded woman, to get all my things done. I need to make sure that I schedule for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that way I'm not stressed about it. Cause some people are like, Oh, I'm not a scheduler. Yeah. But are you really taking care of yourself? True. Are you, are you really doing what you need to do? Or are you just kind of flying all the time by the seat of your pants? And so your critter brain, the part of your brain that runs around like a crazy little squirrel collecting nuts is stressed out all the time. Now that's you're true. Never certain. You're never certain of what's going to happen. Whereas I'm really certain what I'm doing. Cause on Monday I sit down and I look at my week's calendar and I go, Oh, I'll touch base with all my appointments and make sure they're prepared and ready to go and let them know I'm excited to see them. Um, I make sure that I see when I need to eat out. And when I need to eat at home, so I don't overbuy food and let it rot in my fridge. And I, I'm aware that I need to eat out. So then I pick where I'm going to eat out so that I have good, healthy choices. It's not, a, I'm hungry. I'm driving. Oh my gosh. Now I got to eat McDonald's. Mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. So it, makes, <laughs> it makes a big impact. It really does. It does. And, and it's just like working out. You have to schedule it. And, and some people mm-hmm. say, you know, this came up, that came up, a doctor's appointment. Right. I said, make the doctor's appointment after class ends. Yes. You can do that because I teach classes and I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. No, it can't be at this time. It's okay to tell them, no, it can't be at this time. Let's get to your book. Okay. So your title is Small Hinges Move Big Doors, A Guide to Bringing Joy Back into the Home. Okay. So what inspired you to write this book? As a life and wellness coach, I learned people need more joy and community in their lives. You know, I wanted to share the routines and activities and special moments that I've evolved over the years that have helped me to have more joy in my home. Because I I just want to empower and encourage women to try new things. So small hinges, move big doors, makes it easy for people to try and see that, oh, if I tried this one small thing and I learned to trust that and it it moved it to bigger things. And, And so, wow, I can accomplish things. And it just kind of snowballs from there. And people find more joy in that because Really, we know the source of our joy is Jesus. And so a lot of my book, each instead of calling them chapters, I call them hinges. And so you can go through the book and actually experience new hinges that connect you more to Jesus and connect you more 
in a life coaching way, which is kind of unique about my book. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people have their self-help books, but we all know self-help isn't real. The real You're help right. comes from Lord. Yes. You know, and so this is a Christian living guide of small things that we can do on a daily to encourage health, spiritual well-being, our families and our community. I love the name because you know, and yesterday we were just moving some furniture and actually one of the hinges, the small hinges, I mean, it controls the whole door system, you know, and a cabinet. And so it got uh, smashed a little bit. (laughs) We were talking about, oh my gosh, we've got to take out that hinge, hammer it down, straighten it out. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very creative. So if you could summarize your book in one to three sentences, as if you're speaking to someone unfamiliar like us with your book and its topic, what would they be? Uh, I would say it is a Christian living guide. We think of small hinges as daily things we can do to encourage health and spiritual well-being of our family and our community. Um, once you see all the small hinges making a difference, you'll feel more confident and encouraged to connect more with your family and the people around you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I'm getting the overall theme, but like what's the central topic, subject, or concept of your book? The The central topic is that, you know, it's one of those things where you, it's the small hinges move big doors. So you have to rejoice in the small beginnings because they create the changes needed to make that big impact. But if we never start small, we're never going to start at all. You're right. You know, and God's called us, you know, in the intro of my book, I talk about how, um, Zachariah is standing there and he's working with all these amazing people and they're, they're, they're trying to rebuild the temple and it takes one step at a time for them to do that. And God does not scoff at small beginnings. You know, You're but the world tells correct. us, oh, if you don't go big, go home, you know? And well, they're, big they're is wrong. <laughs> right. Big is intimidating, you know? And I know that, you know, I just need to be vertically aligned, that plumb line, you know, that they're holding up to build the temple. It's that vertical view for us that if we can connect with Christ and keep moving forward in the small things, then God will open all the big doors we need to get where we're going. Yes. And just, faith just, in that. yes, that faith walk. And I always tell my students, keep it simple. Don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Keep it simple. Right. Just one yep. day at a time. Don't right. look too far ahead. So where does this book take place? Well, I'm from Missouri. So my view of community has been shaped by living in the Midwest, but also various travels from when I was in musical theater and I toured and doing missions trips. And I talk about when I was in New Orleans and what that was like working in that community. And so it's kind of interesting. The people I meet along the way have made a really big impact on the book. And that's kind of where the book takes place is Midwest. All right. Makes sense. Um, Who are the main characters and why are they important to the story? Well, I would say that the main characters are my family, my friends, and the people I've met in my community and in my travels, for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to when you said rejoice in the small beginnings and and really speak to the maybe the older audience, those who are over 60 or 70 that think, okay, I've already done what I was supposed to do in life. Is it can they still do those small beginnings? Oh, my goodness. You know it. You know it because you work in the small beginnings, too. Like there Mm -hmm. is always every day is a new opportunity. And if we can wake up every morning before our feet hit the floor and say, Lord, how can you use me today? 
And I have gotten in the habit of that. I have been doing that now for 20 plus years before my feet at the floor. It's just kind of my obedience to God. Like, how can I serve you today? What can I do? And it's how I learned to do small hinges because it's a matter of, you know, talking to someone and saying, how are you doing in the grocery line? Well, anybody mm-hmm. that's 50 plus can do that. Absolutely. You know, and that, that busy mama who's so stressed out, who's been talking toddler all day. And here's this sweet woman asking, how are they doing? And just wants to take a minute and listen. That's a huge thing for that mom. You're right. You are you so know? right. Okay. We're going to take a, a meal for somebody, you know, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more shape by faith. Using gas to heat our homes, cook our meals, or dry our clothes can be dangerous to our health, especially for kids. But we have the technology to transition the country's infrastructure to clean energy. By encouraging local government and state agencies to electrify buildings instead of using dirty gas, we can clean up a public health crisis in our housing and protect the climate. My name is Matt Vespa. I'm a senior attorney at Earth Justice, and I'm going to court to fight for clean energy. Until safe, affordable, clean energy is an option in every home, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice. Because the earth needs a good lawyer. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Amy Cavell, coach, motivational speaker. We're talking about her book, Small Hinges Move Big Doors. I love that title, and I love the way you explained it, Amy. So how is your book relevant in today's society? People are really looking for ways to reconnect with each other after all these years of isolation and fear. You know, and it's just simple ways to find joy and build the community again, you know, and these are things that I have learned that have been passed down through generations. And I put it in a book and I I honestly thought everybody knew the stuff that I put in the book. I thought it was common knowledge, but I'm learning our society does not have that common knowledge to know how to hot, you know, host a dinner anymore and how that connects the community or how to talk and listen well, you know, because now we're all texting and there's no more sitting in front of each other and communicating. And so I really like that that my book is a simple way to find joy, build community, and it's helped to design it around your home, whether you're a Christian or not, because each chapter has like a helpful hint for daily life that is not necess- that is not Bible-based, but comes from my life coaching experience. So that's the nice blend between the life coaching aspect and the biblical is that every chapter has a life coaching, Amy Hinchak is what I call them. I like that. And then it, it has a journal section. So people who are really like into drawing and writing and getting into it have a place for that to kind of unpack what I've shared with them. Mm-hmm. And then there's God's word there. So it really ties in all aspects of what's going to help you to really get the big doors moving. Hey, is there any subject currently trending in the news, um, because there's a lot trending, that relates to your book? Oh, my gosh, right? This attitude of, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. I can do this on my own. But I think you and I both can agree after talking and listening and seeing what's going on here that these stressful times of facing war, you know, inflation, media, the diverse in politics, and like the, the invasion of technology that's in our lives right now, 
that we need to put the cell phones down and start talking at the table and learning how to do life together. Because honestly, if technology would go down right now, there'd be a ton of people that would not know how to connect and communicate anymore. That is so true. My husband and I were just talking about that the other day. And, uh, you know, we were talking about back in the day when they didn't have all that, or even when I was growing up as a child, not, you know, we didn't have the cell phone or anything like that. And, right. and, uh, we worked harder. I mean, we had yes. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So what makes your book different from the other books like it? It really is that combination of my life coaching skills mixed with the Bible study and like leaving the leader with a can-do list of creative activities that will immediately begin to create more joy in their life. And it, it being a Christian leaving guide, it's not a self-help book, though, okay? That's really important because only through faith and hope and the good news of Jesus Christ can you really begin to help yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's right. important because I've had some people, oh, you're writing a self-help book. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think that book's already been written, and it is the word of the Lord. That's right. It's called <laughs> yeah, the living word for a reason. That's right. <laughs> so what do you want your readers to take away from your book? Oh, you know, I just want readers to feel how small, simple, and even like fun changes in the routines can make a huge impact on how they're feeling in their lives and in their homes. Mm. So how did you learn about all this topic? And I know it's from personal experience, but you have to have more than personal experience. Oh, definitely. Um, First, I learned from the women and teens that I did ministry with all these years. You know, I'm a good listener and I know that you can learn a lot from other people. So I learned a lot from these intimate times around the kitchen table on my floor with teens talking. I learned a lot from them. Um, also being a pastor's wife and going through the trauma of losing my dad at a, you know, he, I think he's been gone now for eight years. You know, it was sudden and trying to learn how to handle losing your dad suddenly, um, being a pastor's wife, you know, all of that really inspired me to want to go and learn more about how to understand your emotions. And so I went through um, training on how to understand your emotions through a counseling center and trained up there, went to the Health Coach Institute because I really cared about understanding health and life, wellness, and really understanding that stuff better. So I went there. Um And I also think, you know, with speaking engagements and hosting groups and planning conferences and retreats, you know, having a musical theater background was also really helpful because it's all about communication. Successful people are good communicators. And so Mm -hmm. having that background has really helped me succeed um, in what I'm doing and, and how I talk and communicate God's word. And, you know, it's all in your background helps you for sure, but God's placed it in you in your DNA, how you present him to other people, how you carry yourself, the confidence. It's not arrogance. It's, right. it's that confidence from the Lord. And it's knowing who you are in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. um, in, in the way that you carry yourself. And, and, and people are drawn to that. I mean, they may not know what it is, you know, if they're not a follower of, of Christ, but it will draw them in and then you'll have time to listen to them <laughs> to explain. Yeah. Um, is there a particular passage from your book you'd like us to utilize? And if so, um, what is it? Oh, I love this one. Um, it says that uh, hinges only go one way. What happens when you try to push or force a door the wrong way? It won't open. You run into the door. You feel stuck or complacent. Strength, a singular person's intensity or feeling or belief. It's not enough to move the door either. We need a bigger strength than our own. No matter how strong we are, life is going to be filled with stressful and difficult circumstances. We need God's strength to handle it. 
We don't have to feel like we have it all together. So ladies, read that again. Now say that out loud five times. I don't have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. That is so good. I wish we had more time. Amy, you're going to have to come back on as a guest. So what's your social media contact information? Oh, for sure. Check me out at, um, we are at amycavell.com. And then I'm also Amy Cavell on Facebook and Amy Cavell Instagram. And those are great places to find my information and reconnect with me. Thank you so much, Amy. You've been so inspiring today. I mean, I'm motivated. I am motivated. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit ShapeByFaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more. From the Cabinet Doors and More Studio, this